Hi, uh, welcome to Salesforce UI podcast, and this is the first episode of the program. This is called as Insight to Insight with Lars Panaro, our special guest for the first episode. And uh, Lars Panaro is from USA, and he's a very prominent astrologer who practices uh, Vedic astrology. He, he also does. Uh, he also made his homology, Hellenistic astrology. He does tarot reading consultation that he has. So he's a pretty versatile astrologer. and uh, we are going to be talking about basically what a reading is and uh, what generally a consultation means to both uh, astrologer and uh, the seeker this is one of the most basic parts of astrology which actually acts as uh, light into someone's future but the idea is like this major fact is being forgotten by so many people so many people just uh, get into so much of technicalities and uh, Uh, astrological concepts which are completely uh, jargon to a common layman so um, i thought it is very important and significant to bring out something like this uh, with lars who has actually dealt with uh, at least three or four forms of astrology so welcome lars to the program it's it's a pleasure having you thanks man yeah it's good to be here and this is a really overlooked subject of conversation that we're going to engage in but as you said it's super important because techniques don't make an astrologer there's actually i kind of am reminded of there's this great great quote from uh, sri arobindo when he was writing about astrology he basically said you know the astrologer is born not made and i remember i had uh, posted that on facebook somewhere and some astrologers took offense at that like oh well but i i've you know i've studied all these techniques and i've practiced really hard and I don't think you can say that and that kind of a thing but I think it's really it's more about the spirit of the thing you know and that's where it's the same for music and art and engineering and sports and like really anything in life like you you have to be you have to have that potential you have to be born with it you know and so with doing astrology readings or any kind of divinatory readings it's easy to forget that where where there to give some insight to the client you know give them something that they can work with that can help them in their life on a daily on a daily level or on a long-term level too and i guess the two aren't really separate so it's uh yeah it's very easy for astrologers especially to get caught up in like oh i can't wait to test out this new batch of techniques i just learned on my next couple clients right and then all of a sudden you're just kind of telling them like oh well your moon's here and you've got this nakshatra and you've got your sun here and saturn here and the client the client's just like well, i i don't know what these things are like i just want to know if uh my marriage is going to get better or like if my money's going to be okay or like if my kid is going to go to college you know or what you know whatever like they're not concerned with like you got okay saturn's your yoga karaka because you're taurus lagna and you know like you've got the raj yoga happening but then this planet's canceling the raj yoga. like you know that's not people don't care about that stuff you know so uh i've noticed that a lot of um there's a lot of that that goes on with astrology it's easy to get sucked into that kind of mentality of like okay i'm going to tell the client everything about their chart so that they know that i'm 
you know, for real or something. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea is uh, really bringing about the importance of how we actually teach the seekers about what their future is up to. So if they're, if they're really going to want to know about the planets, their positions, the nakshatras, uh, and the signs, and all those, and the dashas, and all those things, I think they'll be better off going and taking up an astrology course by reading some books or something. They don't need an astrologer. I, I think this is a yeah. part of our uh, conversation yesterday that we had. So I think there is no point in uh, coming to an astrologer uh, when, ast when the astrologer just has something to tell about nakshatras and uh, yeah. stars and signs, etc. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, because like what, I, what I've told people before is like, none of these things really exist. Like, uh, you know, Saturn squaring something or Venus in this sign or whatever. These are just, uh, this is a conceptual model of reality. So we're just using these symbols to tell a story, but they, they in and of themselves, they don't really, they don't really exist technically. I mean, and then I guess you can extend that out to like everything. Nothing really exists. Everything's really just a, a symbol in any case. It's just an energy pattern, but people really get caught up uh, in the astrological world with that. Oh, this thing is real, you know? And that's why, that's why there's this big debate about uh, which one's correct, sidereal or tropical. And it's like, if you're really doing a reading, then that, that actually doesn't matter because a reading, a real reading is about finding confluence. And that's why ancient astrologers would be, and, and some still do this, especially in India, from what I understand, it's like you would use different things alongside astrology. So you'd look at the palm, you might look at the face, and you'd probably be using the omens, you know, too, alongside the chart. And so that's why, like, when I heard about this, I, 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 was, I was really inspired by it. And I, I learned about it from a friend of mine who has been doing Jyotish for a long time. And, and she studied with uh, Hart Defoe for many years and um, Narendra Desai. So two pretty, you know, prominent Jyotishis traditionally trained. And they really emphasized these things, these factors, especially omens, because omens are really, really living. You know, the chart is just there on the paper, on the computer. We don't really get to like see the planets moving around. We're not there at the time of the person's birth looking at the planetary cycles in the sky. So the, om the omenistic part is really, to me, the most living part of a reading. And that's where with omens, you can get insights into a chart that I just personally, I wouldn't be able to get otherwise. So in my own approach these days, what I've taken to doing is uh, I really emphasize using things like tarot and omens. And I do pull a chart for when the person said, hey, I want a reading. Right. When I see that in my email or, or if I talk to them, I note the time and I pull a chart for that. And I look at that chart a lot. And then I, I use the birth chart, too. But for me, it's really more about the reading. You know, it's more about giving the person the information and the insight. So uh, in a lot of ways, I ignore and even sometimes neglect a lot of the birth chart. You know, like I might not talk about their their nakshatras because if it just didn't come up in the reading, then um, why am I going to force myself to use it? So, yeah, it's and I don't know, it's a lot more fun for me doing it this way, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and I wanted to mention this, like, uh, 
if you want to find Lars Panaro's works, you can just uh, check into LarsPanaroAstrology.com where uh, you can see his views on astrology, uh, the, re the readings that he provides uh, to his clients and so on. Uh, he also Thanks. has written so many articles uh, which could be useful uh, for the learners and also uh, prominent astrologers. So, and I also wanted to ask this Lars, like, uh, how do you think like it is significant to train uh, the clients from a psychological point of view? Because uh, common man is not going to understand like when when the when the dasha of eighth lord is approaching, or uh, when the when Saturn is transiting a fifth house or the seventh house, no one is going to really understand the actual uh, technical part of it. So they need yeah. psychological advice in order to like uh, take their life forward for the next one or two years, uh, which is actually the near and also the far future from hindsight. So, so like I would like to have your views on this. Sure. So this is where this is where astrology really comes in handy is dealing with time, like you're just talking about with Kala, the cycles, and so. If I, you know, if I see somebody in Sadasati, for example, okay, like I actually usually do just tell them like you're in Sadasati, which is seven and a half years. And this is kind of, and then I go into like kind of what that means generally, and then try to give them something more specific with, you know, what house is their boon in and what house does their boon rule and so on and so forth. But I try to, you know, translate that into something that's usable for them. And then I explain the more philosophical, psychological side of Sadasati. And I say, you know, this is a period of time maybe where um, what really matters in your life is going to come to the forefront. And a lot of other things that don't matter are going to perhaps fall apart and that sort of a thing. And so for this period of time, it's going to be imperative that you be focused on what is really, really important and what has been um, holding you back from what's really important because that's really a big part of what Saturn does, whether it's his dasha or his transit or whatever, you know, Saturn will uh, constrict us in order to basically uh, focalize our potential into something real and tangible rather than to, into something just theoretical. So, you know, and you can apply that to any one of the planets, like they're, if they're in like Rahu Mahadasha, uh, or they have a prominent Rahu transit, you know, then you want to talk about what Rahu is, you know, and how about Rahu is going to compel you to search for something beyond your immediate presence is going to, uh, it's going to obsess you. It's going to take you, you know, to the, to the edge of insanity and things like that. And, you know, you sort of, whatever comes to mind and that kind of a thing. So I think that's like, that's kind of my general approach to the, the psychological counseling side. And then I do my best to, you know, to recommend, uh, I guess what you'd call upaya. But I, at this point in time, I, I don't really do like traditional upaya because, you know, like most of my clients are not going to chant some ancient Shiva mantra from the Rig Veda, like we were just talking about before. <laughs> it's like, they're just, they're Westerners, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily tuned into the Indian tradition, but, um, one of my clients was just uh, a, a big part of his reading. There was all these omens around the reading that had to do with birds, which was really, really cool, like birds and planes. And 
So he just sort of took it upon himself to like, he was like, I'm going to get some bird lamps, like literally lamps shaped like birds. And I was like, that's awesome. I mean, that actually is probably a great remedy for you, you know? And when clients think of that thing, that stuff themselves, uh, to me, that's more powerful than if I just tried to like recommend them something more mechanical, you know? So this is like a living, breathing tradition and system. And I feel like, I feel like we have to, um, we have to be more uh, left brain with it sometimes, more improvisational. And that's where the omens come in and even the opaya. Yeah. So is there a specific uh, sequence of how you actually deal with your clients or how do you do your, uh, how do you get your bookings done from the clients? Do you take some quality amount of time in order to pre prepare for your reading? Uh, or do you really uh, take up like uh, instantly? Well, it, it really it really depends. Uh, I'm really I'm very improvisational and all over the place. I don't have like a set method, which sometimes uh, the Virgo Saturn side of me gets really kind of upset about. <laughs> you know, like I feel like oh, if only I had this set method that I could just apply to everybody's chart. But what I found is that that just gets really robotic and it just doesn't work for me. So it really depends on the client. Like uh, some clients I may feel like I need to focus on the Vedic methods. Other clients I might feel like oh, I want to look at some Hellenistic stuff. And then recently um, a big thing that I like to do uh, if somebody comes to me for a reading and they just, they just don't tell me anything that they want, or they just tell me like very vague things like, oh, I just want to know about career and school and my kids. Like that's still pretty vague to me. So what I'll do is I'll actually do uh, before the reading, I'll do a tarot spread that's 12, 12 ha um, cards like uh, in a circle, like a horoscope. And I'll usually do a 13th card as well. I've, I've been toying with how I do this though. So this is kind of how I originally did it. I'll do the 13th card in the middle as kind of a thing that ties it all together. But then I look at that as the 12 houses of the horoscope. And I actually have found that this is one of the most amazing techniques that you can do for a reading with the birth chart. Um, my general rule is that the, <clears throat> the 22 major arcana of the tarot, uh, wherever those cards are, those will be the most important areas that they're focusing on in life right now. So you want to focus on those and you want to look at their chart and you want to look at the consultation chart and just kind of tie it all together till something, something tangible comes through. But like, just to give an example with like this tarot reading thing, it's, it's very cool. One time I was doing the reading for someone and I wasn't sure what to focus on. So I did this method and the sixth house and the 10th house were emphasized. They had the major arcana and I think it was like, the wheel of fortune was in the sixth and the emperor was in the 10th, something like that. And their, their dasha period that they were running, they were running Saturn. Okay. Saturn was in the fourth house in cancer aspecting the 10th, which he owned. Right. So the 10th is getting emphasized. And then he's also aspecting the sixth and a couple other techniques, uh, other Hellenistic Time Lord techniques, literally the sixth house and the 10th house were getting activated. So the tarot very literally corroborated what the chart was saying. And I have found that every time the tarot will tell 
the same things as the chart or it will complement it, you know? So that, that is something I really like to do because I just, I have an easier time looking at the cards and telling you what's going on, you know, in, um, in terms of just anything. And then I bring in the astrology to, to just complement it. And I see, like, I can see, for example, if you're, if I was uncertain how powerful like a, a yoga was in the chart, like if I see a Raj yoga while I'm analyzing the chart, you know, before or during the consultation, I might say, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not sure how strong this Raj yoga is or whatever, if it's even really that strong. So I might throw like a couple cards down. I might ask the cards, like how strong is this Raj yoga? And I throw like three cards down. And if those three cards um, corroborate, you know, the Raj yoga, then it's like, cool. Now I know for sure that this is going to do this kind of a thing for the person. So now that you are uh, quite proficient in uh, at least three or four forms of astrology and when, when you find a, a client who is uh, having at least a basic idea of which form of astrology that you are using uh, and maybe that day you will be using all the three, three or four forms. So have you, <laughs> have you ever faced a client who uh, actually was quite skeptical about your approach and uh, who asked uh, who asked you like uh, how or why you are using so many forms of astrology and will you be able to guide me correctly? I know this is the like absolute discretion of the astrologer and it completely depends upon his own mindset. But sure. there are really inquisitive clients who may actually cross question at some point of time. Do you think you have handled any such cases? I I can't recall any case where uh, oh, no, 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 I actually can. I, I can. <laughs> yeah, it sort of speaks to that. Um, the, the, worst, the, the worst reading I ever did, okay, and I think the person still got a lot out of it. They, like, they told me, like, oh, I really got a lot out of it. I really appreciated it, and, and that's fine. But it was this person who, who also did astrology, right, and they had their own ideas about astrology, and they wanted me to talk to them in astrological language. And unfortunately I was in like a, I just, I was not, I had not prepared properly for the reading in terms of um, clearing my mind. I had been having a debate with a friend and it kind of like threw me out of a nice space. So uh, then I'm doing this reading and I'm just like, oh my God. And I had like plugged in some chart data for like their ex partner like wrong. So I felt like really awkward. So in any, in any case, um, they argued with me about some of the things I would say, like, I would say like, well, you have, you know, you have K2 here with Saturn or something like that, or it was Rahu, I forget. And that, you know, that means this. And they were like, oh, but it's not very close. And I'm like, well, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, don't, you know, it's like kind of like, don't argue with me. Like, you, you know, I'm doing the reading. Um, I may be using different techniques because because this person did not know anything about Vedic astrology really so um, So that that's kind of the closest uh, example and I, I really I really dread that situation because it's like That really prevents a reading from flourishing and taking form When I if I go get a reading, okay, and I've, I've actually only had um I've only had a few readings in my life, really not that many. Uh, if I go get a reading from like a, an astrologer or a palmist or something, I don't want them to know 
that I know anything about this because I want them to just read. I just want to hear what they see. I don't want to influence them. Um, I don't want to make them self-conscious. Uh, so I was at a, a Renaissance fair last summer and there was this palmist and I just got this great vibe from this lady and I was like, I'm going to go get a reading. So I just sit down. I say almost nothing, a payer, and she reads my palm and, you know, she's, she's getting these amazing hits, like spot on, like, oh, you're going to be traveling soon or you just traveled. It's like, yeah, I just went to Italy. Like, you know, stuff like that, like specific stuff. And then after she had finished doing her portion of the reading, she was like, okay, you can ask some questions. And so I did. And then I started to tell her like, yeah, I actually, I know a little palmistry and like I'm learning some and, and I also do astrology and, and like, what do you, you know, what can you tell me about that? Or can you, can you tell me, just a few pointers about palmistry, right? But if I had gone in there and been like, I know some palmistry, I'm an astrologer, like I'm a reader too, right? Then it's like, what, what am I doing? Am I there for the reading or am I there to like uh, pretend like I'm getting a reading and then hopefully getting actually educated about like how cool my palm is or something like that? You know, it says, so that's kind of... Um, that's kind of where, like, if you, you know, again, if you're going to get a reading, uh, go get a reading, you know? Don't, like, sit there and ask the person, like, how are you doing this? Like, how, I want you to explain, like, everything in detail. Like, how did you arrive at that, that conclusion? Like, no, that's not what a reading's for. That, like you said earlier, go take some astrology lessons <laughs> if you want that. And then you can read your own chart. So... I looked at your website and uh, you have said the purpose of a reading of any kind is to reach a greater understanding of truth. So yeah. as it is, astrologers are just normal human beings and uh, they have their own problems in their own life. So what I was thinking is not every time does an astrologer really uh, is mentally prepared or uh, mentally stable to give a, a perfect reading to his client. So do you think at that time he should actually uh, postpone the reading or uh, refer that particular client to some other astrologer uh, who thinks he's in line with uh, uh, you or uh, you just go ahead and uh, give a reading? I think this is a more of an ethical question, but still I think it needs to be addressed. Yeah, that's a great question. And I have thought about that a little um, in reference to the example I just gave of this person who argued with me during the reading <laughs> about the astrology. I, I actually, I actually do wish that I had told them, Hey, um, my, my head is like, I'm not, it's not quite screwed on right now, you know, correctly. So, uh, give me like 10 to 15 minutes or like, let's reschedule or something like that. Or yeah, if, if you just, if you're just not getting a good vibe from the person, um, refer them to somebody else. Absolutely. Uh, my, um, a friend of mine, I've done some like casual readings for him, tarot and some astrology. And, um, you know, I actually, I, I uh, correctly predicted like a relationship that he just had, which was cool. So, you know, it's, it's fun to practice on your friends and stuff. Right. But then, you know, if he wants a real reading, like I recommended, uh, my friend who, uh, is the one I mentioned earlier who does Jyotish, um, and because it's like, well, my friend, she doesn't know him, right? I know him pretty well. So I feel like if I read for him at this point, it, 
there's going to be too many biases or the friendship might get in the way of me just being totally honest, you know? So we do have to be really cognizant of our own limitations and our own biases. And, and it's, it's okay if you don't feel like you can read for a person. Uh, there is a mystical component to doing readings that I think in the West really gets overlooked. And that, that component is exactly related to what we're talking about here, which is that the, the, the astrologer or the reader can only really get as much information and give as much information as the client is willing and ready to receive. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can also get things that we really shouldn't tell the person or we should be careful about how we tell it to them, of course. But in all situations, you know, um, if the person is not, is not resonant with you and vice versa, right? How, how are you possibly going to read for them and provide them with console? Because another part of this and of life is that you could say like our soul or that inner part of us actually hears everything and receives every vibration that's going on all the time because we're not separate in any way from one another. So if during, during a reading, um, and, and I, I have, I have definitely, um, I don't want to say overstep my boundaries, but I've underestimated what a reading can do. I, and, and I, you know, I have, um, I have regretted that, uh, but it's a good learning experience. And so if you do a reading for someone, everything could be great and blah, 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 blah. And they seem fine, but we're, we're opening up gates. We're opening up channels of energy and consciousness and awareness when we do a reading. Okay. Because we're dealing with hidden factors. We're dealing with the truth of things. And so what you tell someone, even if they receive it really well, uh, or even if they appear not to receive it, okay, something has still happened for that person. So we have to be, I don't want to say careful, we just have to be aware of what we say or, or what we're even thinking about and the energy we're giving off while we're in the reading. Like doing a reading, you really have to be like in a very pure state of mind. You have to be non-judgmental. You have to be unbiased. Unbiased, yeah, and just very, very neutral. You have to be in shamatha, which is equanimity. You really do. And sometimes it's difficult to do that, especially if the client is getting really emotional. Um, like a client I had who was in uh, Rahu Mahadasha and Sadesati. <laughs> that was a tough reading. <laughs> yeah. Because af afterwards, they, they told they, their, their mother had paid for the reading. They told their mother, uh, this was a two-hour reading, okay? Lots of information. I talked about a lot of things. I recommended so many things they could do to help themselves in this difficult time. They told their mom, oh, well, I hope you're not paying him much because he really didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, well, that's okay. Um, you know, so, again, some part of us receives what's meant to be received. So, you know, we can't be too hard on ourselves, but we should always be aware of our biases and limitations. And if we're not in the right frame of mind to do a reading, we shouldn't. There are, there are also situations where you might have to deal with uh, clients who really want to hear what they actually thought that they would hear. 
so it is more of uh, their mind meeting the expectations of what the astrologer would say so sure. i think it is yet another <laughs> uh, critical uh, psychological part of uh, handling a reading and it is interesting that you talked about the duration like a 2 hour reading uh, personally i think the duration of the reading and the quality of the reading so they don't go hand in hand so do you think duration of the reading really matters or uh, what's your opinion on this so my my opinion on this is that the duration absolutely does not matter and that if you were able to tell a person everything they needed to hear in 10 minutes it doesn't matter how much they paid you because that should be you know if if a like let's say okay let's say like you have a leak in your sink okay and you call the plumber right and the plumber fixes it and he fixes it whether it takes him 5 minutes or an hour but but let's say this particular plumber just charges the same amount of money he's just charging you to fix it okay that's at least how things used to be um they're not quite like that anymore because of the world we live in but uh are you really going to get mad that it took him 5 minutes your your sink is fixed right versus if it took him an hour and your sink is fixed like what's the difference right the difference is really in the energies like you know as astrologers we might say well it took him no no time at all cuz there was this wonderful aspect between venus and mars that day and the moon was in a good nakshatra for fixing plumbing right okay but then on another day uh mercury's retrograde mars is uh you know in cancer or something and not a good nakshatra to be doing stuff like that maybe it's uh maybe it's mula nakshatra you know so it takes him like an hour or two right it's like time doesn't really exist time is uh, it, time is a fictitious thing uh and you know this is very important to remember generally because uh you know parashara and others say that saturn is dukkha right which is basically emptiness or ignorance right. yeah bad you know it's suffering so saturn is the lord of time and saturn is also that you know dukkha so um so time time is fictitious time's an illusion so we should really focus on the quality of the reading the quality of the information given and i don't really adjust my fee based on the time component i just figure okay for most readings especially if they're general readings I am going to be doing this such and such stuff to prepare, okay? So I'm going to spend time preparing and then if the reading is short or long it doesn't matter cuz sometimes you get those clients who are just like you're like reading for them and then you're like does that sound like what does that sound like they're like yep yeah that's true and then they don't want to talk to you they just like they want the reading they they just talk you know uh whereas you have those other clients who like you'll say one thing and then they'll just like launch into this big long discourse about like yeah and then like this other thing happened and like i was thinking about this and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and you know like they talk for like 5 minutes and then you're like all right so next thing i see is this and then they're like oh yeah blah 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 and so then the reading goes for like an hour to two hours because they really wanted to talk to you and that's great too that's really cool but you know quantity is not quality and in the in the west a lot of astrologers have made astrology into this commodity that they're selling and so they're like instead of just doing a holistic reading they're kind of like 
oh, I have like these seven, eight, nine, ten different styles of readings and they all cost different prices and they all last for this amount of time. And, um, you know, if you get the like $150, $200 reading, it's definitely 90 minutes or it's two hours or whatever. And like then you're doing a reading and you're like, okay, but I have to make this last two hours. Like what do I do? I've given some of the best readings of my life um, in just a few minutes, like just doing tarot for people at, at an art gallery. And it was just like, Cool. Any questions? Nope. All right. Cool. <laughs> They're like, thank you. That's that was awesome. <laughs> Can you just talk something about the uh, dual consultation that you have mentioned in your page? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that was really uh, new, and uh, I really wanted to know about it. It's quite interesting. Maybe someone who is really uh, listening to this can benefit out of it. So, like, it is a multi-dimensional. It could be a multi-dimensional reading, so I thought I would just emphasize uh, on this so that okay. people can hear from you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I, I think most people skip over that option uh, because it's significantly more expensive uh, than my normal fee. And the reason for it is because it's myself and my friend uh, Sandra, who I keep referencing, the Jodeshi, Um we we get together and we both read for you at the same time. So it's two people reading and it's really, it's actually really, really fun because if like, if I notice something right, then, uh, then she might uh, expand on it and, and then open it up more. Or if like, if, if I don't notice something right, then she might notice it and vice versa. So it's really cool on that level. Like you're getting, getting two different perspectives but typically when we read together we come to the same conclusions because we're just we have a similar perspective um and the fun the fun part of that too is like we use all these different tools like she is a really good palmist for example she actually prefers palmistry to astrology so she's really good at palmistry and then you know i'll be doing some tarot and and we'll both be doing the charts and all this all this stuff comes into it as it's relevant. You know, we don't try to just like cram all this stuff in so that you feel special. We just make use of all this stuff as it's needed. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just, you know, it's like getting, getting two people's perspectives at once is I think really powerful, especially because again, we just, our perspectives like tend to really align with one another and okay. What I remembered, uh, I forgot this. I remember what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, she works in sidereal. She uses Lahiri, Ayanamsha and I mostly use tropical. So like we're reading the same chart using the different, the different zodiacs literally. Right. But we're coming to the same conclusions on almost everything we're talking about. So once again, it's really not about what Zodiac you're using. It's about what works for you and what you feel confident using, like just use what works. So that's, uh, that's what that dual consultation is. Uh, one thing is uh, it's really healthy that two astrologers are forming a collaboration. I think that is one of the most difficult things in the world to happen actually. So I think that is a very healthy <laughs> trend uh, that you're following. Um, yes. I think that's pretty much it, Lars. So it is like if anyone wants to get any reading or tutorship from Lars, uh, you can again visit LarsPanaroAstrology.com and we'll surely have 
yet another part of the same episode with relates to consultation uh, reading and uh, many other uh, ethical facets of uh, an astrologist reading or consultation whatever it is concerned about so uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks lars for uh, spending your time okay thank you Thank you.